2: Welcome to The Hotbed, Episode 4, Just Look at the State of Me. I'm Lisa Williams. I'm Anika Somerville. And I'm Cherry Healy. And this is The Hotbed, the podcast by The Hotbed Collective, which aims to make the world better, one orgasm at a time. Today we're going to be talking about body confidence. We're going to try and work out why it is that women feel so crap about themselves the whole time, and how that can affect things in the bedroom and beyond. It's a sad topic, but it's an important one, and we're going to unpick it. We are going to eavesdrop on the time I pose nude at the Women of the World Festival.
3: Ooh.
2: <laughs> and lastly, we're going to talk to life coach Mary Meadows, who's going to give us some homework to help us feel as good and as body confident as Sophia Loren. All this, plus a quick detour via a vibrator review, because everybody needs good vibes. Now, I mentioned Sophia Loren because she's known for saying everything you see I owe to spaghetti spaghetti
4: pasta, pasta. Oh, God bless her.
2: now in researching this show I found out that she didn't actually say this she said <laughs> non è vero when a reporter asked her but never let the facts get in the way of a good intro <laughs> what
5: does non è vero
2: non è vero, no vero it's not true Oh. She said she never said it. But anyway, we're going to pretend that she did. (laughs) And normally we find out what we're wearing to set the scene. Um, But in the spirit of this episode, I'm going to ask Cherry and Anarchy what they owe to their bodies grammatically I'm not sure that makes sense but I want them to start the sentence everything you see I owe to I owe to cheese and giving up the gym and why is that Terry quickly
4: I spent all my 20s eating rubbish diet food and pounding myself at the gym miserably and just being really militant and no joy in anything and I realized that actually I was overeating I was just eating bad diet food I mean Mm. with weird chemicals in it and it maybe if I stopped overeating and just ate yummy things that made me feel good and made me feel full and did exercise that I found fun, then I'd maybe be able to find a happier place food wise. And I now exercise without having to bribe myself. And I can also stop when I'm full because the food I eat is really great. And I, I didn't eat cheese until I was 32.
2: So it only took you 32 years to work that out. And then I, I realised that
4: the best thing to do is to eat until you're full and then stop. Mm, this is that's a but difficult if you one, eat eh? food that doesn't really contain any nutrition, as full of chemicals, your body feels hungry all the time.
2: And that's funny because that's such common sense, isn't it? Isn't it, it?
4: My mum's been saying it for 20 years. Common
2: sense, yep. Mm. Lovely. Anarchy, everything you
6: see you ought to... Um, it's funny. I was quite a late comer to running, actually. And when you say that you run, people sort of think you're Davina McCall running, like long distance, <laughs> Linford Christie, Linford Christie running. Mm. But I like to do a sort of five k three times a week, which sounds like quite a lot, but it's actually it's it not is. that it's half, not that far. It's about half an hour. Half an hour. Yeah. Mm. And I did try building it up a bit, but actually, I got I got quite bored after a while because actually, I think half an hour is enough. And for me, it's all about being outside. So mm-hmm. I feel like I've spent a lot of time cooped up sort of on a laptop and I need, I hate gyms. I just absolutely, I mm. can't bear them. I just think I, they stink. I just, I don't like the atmosphere in there. I don't mind going to a class, but I really like being outside and, I'm lucky that I live near to a canal so we can you know I kind of run along there I listen to podcasts or I listen to Public Enemy I listen to lots of hip-hop I because I don't go out oh. anymore that is kind of my going out like literally I, I come back and I'm on a real high yeah um so yeah I definitely recommend even if you're not actually running walking outside I think do you think there's loads it's- of studies done into kind of how it you know gives you loads of good feelings and it's quite hard to feel I mean at this time of year when it's yeah, it stops you from feeling depressed, basically. Do you feel the difference if you haven't been able to go,
4: mentally and physically?
6: Yeah, so I basically get very inside my head, so I just feel like I'm very anxious and I'm sort of, you know, munging loads of things over. And you were saying that mind. you've been suffering from insomnia this week. Yes, this week has mostly
4: been eating insomnia. <laughs> it has been. And do you think that is as a result of not having been on a run?
6: Yeah, I think probably. I think... Um, yeah, I think probably going for a run means physically you're tired, but mentally you just get that sense of kind of peace and clarity. And I just, I, you know, I feel really good afterwards. So i definitely recommend it. It hasn't given me an amazing physique, but it's. I think it's more about mental health benefits for me. Um, and that's it. That's mine. So Lisa,
2: so far we have cheese and running. What's yours? Running cheese. Uh, everything you see, I owe to... Health food, but too much health food. So there's too much of everything, everything in moderation. Not me. I like to go for super nutritious stuff and then I just can't resist having that bit too much of it. So I think I'm probably quite healthy from a nutrition point of view. I do eat a lot of fruit and veg, mm. flax seeds, chia seeds. Um, protein low fat protein i just have quite a lot of it i've got an appetite however i have just had a baby i'm still in my maternity Mm. jeans and i'm trying not to bounce back too quickly and um building up my core strength um, and just not being too hard on myself food
6: wise at the moment those energy you know like i I ate loads of cake and quite a lot of sugar but i think that was just because i was so tired and i know that's probably not the way forward I just think in those early weeks.
2: Yeah, it's the balance between kind of what don't be too hard, don't be too hard on yourself and but then don't eat stuff that's gonna make you feel kind of rubbish as well. Isn't
4: that the million dollar question? Don't be too hard on yourself. Well, how do you do that? Because you can catch yourself for a flicker of a moment and you can stop that negative gremlin, but it's often in so many women so pervasive, so throughout the day, you can't be that self aware for that amount of time and that's and that's why it's so difficult I think is that you can have a moment of of feeling good and affirming yourself and then it catches you again so Lisa why how do you keep those negative thoughts at bay?
2: I think I'm quite a confident person I don't think I've got the best physique um but i think as long as i'm healthy and I can sleep enough got i've got the best physique, physique. oh thank you i, I think, think you're I'm really I, slim and healthy I, i'm trying to externalize thoughts about myself whereby i sort of think what can my body do that's amazing as opposed to what does it look like mm. because i think that is that's the key good. to body confidence for me so it's it's nice on a day where you have a lovely crisp cold day that we've had quite a lot of recently and you think I've got, to, I've got legs and I can walk and I can run or, you know, yes. and I can do mm. all of this stuff. I can dance. I can hold a baby. Um, I think that's what you, I always have to focus on yes. rather than thinking, what do I look like? I don't have the, the body that I want. Ultimately, you can't change your shape. Mm. No matter what exercise you do, you can make yourself bigger, smaller, healthier, unhealthier, but you can't really do much about body shape.
6: Um, unless so you go so, to South yeah. Korea yeah. and, no, it's and a have a really surgery. That is the tricky thing that people, women, bond by putting themselves down and so i've always i've not really liked women who i felt haven't been self-deprecating about their bodies because i think that's kind of how we yes. bond so if you meet somebody and they sort of go, oh my bum's really fat oh yeah. i've got lots of cellulite, that's kind of how we we get to know one another and we feel that we're okay and that's not really healthy yeah but that's kind of how we're brought up is kind of if you want to be nice and seen as a, a nice person you will find something self-deprecating to say about yourself so there's no coincidence
2: that sophia loren is italian and we're british and we're being very self-deprecating um so this is a fact that i found while i was researching this show and in the uk only 20 percent of women said they like the way they look Mm. and south africans are the most body confident apparently they do lots of sport i imagine maybe it's sport maybe yeah. it's outdoorsy maybe it's just a mindset thing i think in yeah. this country we are very self-deprecating and it's much easier to deflect a compliment than to accept one it's much easier to bond like you say over
6: your hang-ups we don't get our bodies out very often because that that's the other thing that when i go to other when i go on holiday and i sort of see women of all ages on the beach you know if you go to greece you'll see like a you know, a young teenage girl and the mum and the grandma and they're sort of walking along the beach in their swimming costumes and I'm getting the impression there's less... Of that kind of body beating up business going on, then maybe it, it, that's it just comes being back used to, to being out and about with no clothes on or I less it, clothes. It on.
4: comes back as well to what we were talking about earlier about the enjoyment of dry humping. Mm. Like dry humping, what what happened to dry humping?
3: Bring it back,
2: bring
4: bring back oh, dry humping. Dry hump
3: <laughs> we did a
2: survey into sex after kids, and we asked people what they. Thought would make their sex life better, and I assumed that the biggest reason that parents weren't happy with their sex lives would be something to do with birth trauma or birth injury, Mm -hmm. um, or the sort of the redefinition of their bodies. But actually, it was just body confidence. It was people saying, "I feel really crap about myself. I don't want to be naked, and I just don't feel like a sexy person." And therefore, it is really relevant how we feel, Um, and I think it's sad. One in no, it's twenty percent of women feel good about themselves in the UK and apparently one in 50 have some kind of body dysmorphic disorder. I'm amazed it's not more. So am I.
0: Hmm.
2: I thought it would be higher than that. I don't know that many
4: women who can say that they do not suffer from body issues and that they really enjoy and love and appreciate their body. Hmm. I don't know many.
2: And the other thing I think it's important to say is it doesn't really matter what you look like in general. You can be any shape or size and not feel confident about yourself so yeah. quite often it is really nothing to do with this is a mental actually issue like,
4: actually not yes. really about them not it's not really about how healthy you are
6: mm. it, the, the it, difficulty is if you've had because i was overweight when i was a child and i think if you have those experiences when you're young there can be some really pivotal experiences you have and they can shape you and then it doesn't really matter for the rest of your life you'll never be thin enough yeah those those kind of issues of being called fatty in the playground or whatever you'll never really get over that and it doesn't really matter cuz i've been all kinds of different sizes throughout my life but i've always been the fat person inside and i think lots of people talk about that who have lost weight or gained weight whatever you kind of, you retain that low self-esteem because unfortunately when you're young, those experiences... Well, yeah, do and I'm exactly the, the same. Because it's not about your
4: body. This is no. the thing about being a woman. That is about your value as a human being and that's what's so destructive about mm. women and body issues is that it's not really about, it's not about someone saying, I don't like your hair or I don't like your clothes or whatever it is. It's what what, what diminishes then is your value as a human person. Mm as a human per- as a human well, being yeah now listen we need to move,
6: need to move on to the on. next bit of the podcast so you went
4: and interviewed the fabulous Mary Meadows
6: yeah Mary Meadows is someone who she's really cool um she used to be part of the Supercharge Club she's a life coach um and she's had a really interesting past. I mean, she's very open about her own history. She's a mum. Um, I think she wouldn't mind if I tell you that she's, she's had her own battles with depression and mm. things. Um, body confidence wise, she's really somebody good to talk to. I mean, just generally confident, confidence wise. And uh she feels good in herself, she's fit, she exercises, but she's not actually a size 12 or even a 10. I don't know what size she is, but she's just a normal, everyday-sized woman. She seems like a really good advocate for, you can be really healthy, but
4: you don't need to prescribe to a certain look.
6: Yeah, yeah exactly. And so she's kind of, I think lots and lots of women can relate to her. But what I love about her is that I find a lot of these kind of life-coachy-style people it's it's all a bit samey and what, what I like about her is that she has quite tangible advice on stuff you can do so she'll say she's a big fan of taking action because I think it's all too often we're kind of like yeah. oh I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that she's like what are you actually going to do and one of her questions she'll often say she'll say what are you going to do to make yourself feel better at this moment in time so yes. you're in a funk you're feeling bad about your body what are you going to do um, and it's usually some sort of positive action yeah. so uh, yeah I find her super inspiring so I spoke to her about all kinds of things actually um, she set some homework she did set some homework I'm and I, I'm going to try it now is. on you actually okay. so I'm going to see whether you how you respond okay all right. and then we'll talk a little bit about it so Cherry, that jumper looks really good on you. I really love it. It really makes you look really sexy. It's my mum's and it's a really boring jumper but thank Mm. you. See that is exactly what the homework was. So basically Mary says that we're very bad at taking compliments. Mm. So if somebody offers you a compliment, you tend to immediately bat it back again and you say oh this old thing, even though it might be a new jumper, or you say oh my hair no no, I just washed it, that's all, that's the only difference when you've actually had it styled or you've made an effort. So her bit of homework was quite interesting she said just try and take a compliment and take it with grace so basically if someone says something nice to you you just say oh thank you and that's it and then maybe take it another step further and write those compliments down because we have a bit of a negative bias so we tend to always remember the shit thing so I've got an image of my mind of this girl taking the piss out of me running oh. but I don't remember the fact that somebody said I had nice skin two days yes. ago so even if it's a bit plonky write down little compliments yes. so you know if and also hide, said, hide that box of compliments yeah as if someone finds it yeah you it might, are you may- the best. <laughs> well I think you said something to me once and I can't remember what it was it was Something about my writing and I did write that down it was a nice compliment I love your um, writing but I thought I will write that down and I'll Good. remember it because when I am awake in the middle of the night that's then the kind of thing I that. can remember
4: because actually in the middle of the night you just remember the awful stressful things in the day and you wouldn't necessarily that's not something you would remember no all right well look hit up next is Anarchy interviewing the fabulous Mary Meadows here it is
6: A little bit about kind of sex because I guess um, one of the reasons we formed the, the hotbed was that we felt that women didn't really talk enough about it, and we were quite we were quite surprised because actually we didn't know one another very well, but okay. we found it much easier to talk to one another about sex than we did with our closest friends. Mm. Um, and I think we found that quite a strange thing. Um, and one of the things we sort of realised, actually, is that we wanted people to talk about it more. And I just wondered, in your experience sort of with your clients and, and life coaching, does sex often come into the conversation? Or is it something that, again, it just feels like women are sort of more focused on you know maybe their career you know how are they going to kind of manage family or do they tend to does it tend to come up as being something they're worried about
5: um i think it's i I think there's all the areas of our life and i like to think that through coaching with me and any connection with me that you think about your whole life so you know focusing too much energy on one area doesn't always you know that's not the best idea um so one of the really easy tools i should have bought one we could have done it actually Mm. um is called the wheel of life and it's and it's literally looking at all the different areas of our life so uh i'm thinking about it right now and um Kind of giving it a gauge, a one out of ten. And then choose where you want to put your energy, um, where you want to focus your goals. You know, is it in that kind of relationship section? Is it in another? A lot of people find that um, kind of rooting it in the kind of um, uh, the self- Uh, area actually has a knock-on effect to others so somebody so a lot of uh, kind of there's lots of common threads through my uh, coaching that I do and uh, one of the most common things that action that happens is that um, there's a new strength of uh, self-care so the amount of clients that come to me with um you know holy pants and holy socks and you know naff bras and stuff and and it's like it's no wonder if we don't feel that good you know uh, and, and we're really good at it as mums I think we're really good at like you know I bought Albie some new trousers the other day because you know <laughs> you you do that you don't think anything of spending that money but when it comes to spending stuff for ourselves mm. it's really hard and we think oh you know and we don't think it matters so I think that's a kind of and then that has a knock-on effect about how we feel so the common things that I hear from women is I loathe my body mm. you know and loathe is such a strong word I'm, mm. I'm tired and I it's feel I mean, bad. that kind of thing about you know not
6: feeling good about your body which is I suppose it's quite common post baby isn't mm. it because your body changes so it's a much massive change how does that impact on sex then? Because it, I mean, it, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, of in terms course. of how good you feel in yourself yeah. and how much you want your partner to even see your body. Um, I think when we had our event, I was talking about the fact that I don't like being on top mm. because basically my body has changed a lot. And to be honest, I never really did like it, maybe because I'm lazy, but I kind of I feel very self-conscious about my body. And I spoke to another friend and she said that she'd caught sight of herself in a mirror and um, she'd cried because she mm. was on top. And she basically said, it, I looked so bloody awful, like, you know, mm. that I just wept. Mm. Um, and she said, "I felt I felt really low and I thought that that's really sad isn't it that we feel like that about our bodies and that it impacts so
5: heavily Mm. and I think most of us have a have a kind of a a bad experience about our bodies during sex I think that's a kind of common thread isn't it I could tell you a story you could tell me a story you've heard we've heard stories and um and I think that's where the self-confidence the self-belief and loving where we are right now is really important um and I think that the 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 kind of love, don't wait for someone else to give you a compliment. You know, start right here, right now. um, Look in the mirror and think, yeah, yeah, you've got it. You know, it's it's about small everyday stuff and that's how we build ourselves up. Also I imagine that lady that that you just gave that information about, you know, I bet her partner wasn't thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we have the conversations, and it's not about it's not about sympathy, it's about empathy. So and this is what you're doing with talking about it, you know, we have an empathy. Uh I imagine people listening will have an empathy with that. They'd have caught sight of themselves or something, Mm -hmm. you know, and that feels bad. Um, And that's where change starts Mm. having a conversation and actually thinking is this you know is this something that i want to do something about Mm. so if you imagine um so if you're somebody who's in a
6: situation where say um you've identified that the sex sort of part of your life or the it's related to your relationship part Mm. of your life isn't as you want it to be okay um how how do you sort of take steps because what I'm hearing is about taking action and that's mm. obviously the most important thing how do you sort of well for want of a better word dive in start? there yeah. mm. okay. how do you kind of get that conversation on the move and I suppose without sort of without sort of being so direct that your partner is kind of frightened to death yeah, um, and that you kind of you feel like you're, because I suppose with other things that's the thing, like with work you could probably set yourself three things, you could say yeah. I'm going to contact so and so and I'm going to interview this person, I'm going to do that with
5: sex, it's a bit more difficult. How you how you might go through that? Yeah, you can still chunk it down. You can still chunk down that action. So, if you want to start something, if you want to change something, um, conversation is a place to start. And it's about having hard conversations, particularly if it's not a subject that you are necessarily quite comfortable talking about. Um, so it's like so, pick your moment for a start. You know, it's you know, and and you will know your partner's best time to do that. Um, not usually when they, walk, you know, when you first meet, you they know, mm. kind of pick your time and then talk about it, why it's important to you. So it's about not um, having a conversation where things like blame and shame aren't involved on, the, on that level. So talking about, uh, about it, um, a great starting point is... When this happens, this this makes me feel like this.
6: Mm.
5: Can you see? So yeah. it's totally different. Even adding in a kind of hand gesture towards yourself so that there's no blame on that other person. There's no there's no shame involved. It's just that when this happens, this makes me feel like this. Mm. And that's a starting point. That's a starting point. Conversation can happen from there and positive conversation. Mm. And then decide what you want to do about it with the person you're having sex with. Mm. What would you
6: say, um, I don't know, do, do you, are you under the impression, because we did a little survey when we first kicked off, hmm. and a lot of parents were saying things like, I think we interviewed 700 or surveyed 700, and they were saying things like, I wish I was more adventurous, and they agreed quite heartily to that, they sort of said we were more adventurous than we are post-kids, and they said, you know, we, we wish we had sort of more sex, and probably did more, we probably did more role play, or more hmm. experimental things when we were getting to know one another. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Do, do, is that does that ring true for you as well? That you think for parents in particular, it's not only that sex
5: gets less frequent, but it also gets less adventurous, adventurous. and fun. Well, <clears throat> it might not just be parents actually. No, exactly. Yeah. I think it's any long-term relationship, isn't it? Um, and I think that that's just. What happens because we don't pay enough attention to that area? So, if it's important to you, you know, keep having the conversations. You know, how are you going to measure it? What does adventurous look like for you? Because it looks like different things for different people, isn't it? Um, And we all have different likes and dislikes. So, it's about fleshing that out. You know, it's making a statement saying, I want to be more adventurous in the bedroom that's not going to go anywhere that's that's just a thought that's just something said that's just something in your head and the less it happens the more the bigger that will get and the more frustrated that you'll become um and the more you wish that something was happening and something isn't so it's just a thought it's just a statement there's no there's nothing to it mm. so it's about looking at what does that look like for you so anything you want to bring into your life think about actually what does that mean and is that in agreement with my partner as well so is that what he thinks it mm. is as well because we might be you know he might be thinking about i don't know sex clubs or you know swinging (laughs) swinging or something and and you might just be thinking about um you know sexy underwear and a bit of role play so you know Mm. we've got to make sure it's very awkward isn't it talking about it i think that's the thing is that
6: it feels sometimes it feels like quite a big mountain to, mm. to climb mm. um,
5: but start small start thinking about actually what it is that you want and i think that's a really sometimes quite a hard question to answer um but just start small and uh and and, t- and and have a conversation start a conversation even if it's one that you continue over a couple of weeks um you know just start the conversation happening and that's the main challenge in in my experience any relationship this is personally and professionally.
6: she is so cool and um she's got a really good vibe about her she's one of those people that you just hang out with her and actually in the afternoon i kept wanting to go to Topshop to buy some clothes mm-hmm. and she kept sort of saying to me is that going to take you closer to your goals? Wow, which was quite a funny question, and I was like, "Shit, no," because I shouldn't be going to Topshop to buy more clothes. So, yes. she's a she's the kind of person that basically you just want to have with you, sitting in your pocket, making you sort of take the right decisions. Mm. Yes, does she hire herself out like that? Pocket she Mary, she does. Pocket she Mary. Does. I'm going to meet her next Thursday, actually, and I just want to pick up some more of her vibes, her goodness. Yeah, exactly. Flowing
2: her, inside her intrinsic knowledge. Yeah. Well, the next thing that we're going to listen to is a little bit of a report from when I went to the Women of the World Festival in Perth, Scotland. I hosted a chat there called Let's Talk About Sex, which was really good fun. But while I was there, I looked at the programme and it was fantastic. They had Nicola Surgeon open the show. They had a woman teaching how to change a car tyre. There was lots of chats over what was going on in the news. And I just saw something on the programme which was life drawing and body confidence class. And it piqued my interest and I had some time to kill. So I went up and thought I will go and do some drawing. And actually it turned into something very different. So it went from being a life drawing class to something much more soul
6: searching and deep and elucidating and, did, and so you actually because this is what i 'm fascinated by is just how do you take your clothes off because i don't know I would find did you actually take everything off or did you keep I took absolutely everything off, and
2: I was not planning to. I went in just wanting to draw draw, draw someone else, draw another model. There was about twelve women in the group, and what happened was bit by bit. As the teacher esther bunting encouraged people to do some time modeling everyone was keen to do it so six women said they would do it and then they did a turn and then five women said they would do to it and i was literally the only person that hadn't and it actually felt more awkward not being naked than being naked and then the teacher came out with this clincher of a line which was oh you've got that great but i was pregnant at the time um
6: And she was like, you've got that great bump, that would be really good to draw. Mm
2: -hmm. And that made me think, yeah, I'll do
6: that. Because I did life drawing when I was at, um, sort of, when I was doing my A-levels. And I remember that traditionally you come out in a robe the the life model yes. and then you drop the robe yes. and there's kind of that moment where there's a reveal and there's almost like a little bit of a silence where everyone absorbs what's happened and then it go then it feels very normal because actually you're just seeing another human but there is a tiny moment just after the, yes. the robe comes off where, where everyone's a bit kind of like oh everyone's peering in
2: I think because there was safety in numbers in the group I did there was six six people naked at any one time So it didn't really feel that awkward and like I say it felt more awkward having my clothes on but it was really a great experience to see lots of people with their clothes on and then lots of people with their clothes off in a non-sexual environment that was all about creativity rather than sexuality necessarily and I found that it was a great boost to my body confidence so what we're going to hear now is a conversation between the life drawing teacher and the life drawing model and they're talking about why they do it and their family responses to it and we're then going to hear from one of the girls who did the group so she was a student and she was like me she wasn't expecting to get her kit off but she did and then we are going to hear from the teacher Esther as to why she does what she does and what she thinks people get from it.
3: some drawing materials they're just over there we've just begun and this is going to be a four-minute pose Mm -hmm. I do performance art as well and I'm often naked in that and the first time I did that um, I had an uncle and my brother in the audience, and um, my brother was the most embarrassed. And he won't come to anything I do, and I think he has unfollowed me on social media. <laughs> so I, 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 you lose after a while. You lose your sense of normal because you're so used to being naked for a living, and. Um, Things you say or, or drawings of yourself that you might post are, are still quite shocking to some people. To be a life model is not is not like a doesn't have the same standards as um, a catwalk model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting it is. Beauty has a bigger range. So that's yeah, that's partly what this project is about to to show the variety of. The human form, which does happen in life drawing. Has anything changed for you since you've started modelling in the way that you feel about your body, or had you sort of um, dealt with any potential issues already?
7: Mm, I think. I think there's always going to be in the back of your head there's like some sort of issue I'm quite like in the moment I feel quite confident and like I'm not like oh there's that spot in that one place that I've picked at and it's a scab and it's red and all that sort of stuff but like uh, I think even though I'm able to do this I think there's always going to be those little bits that you like nitpick at but yeah I think I think it's brought it Brought it down quite a lot. Yeah. But uh, I think I think it's just natural to to have those bits that you're not quite happy with. Yeah, I totally agree.
3: I there were things I hadn't realised I had issues with because I was it wasn't a big deal for me when I became a model, but um, I noticed over the months that I just stopped I stopped wearing a bra I stopped worrying about shaving uh, armpits <laughs> I stopped worrying about. Plucking pears out of places where they shouldn't grow and um, grew my full bush. And I just, things that I thought mattered, I realise uh, that they can be actually part of what is really interesting and the, the real beauty shines through in other ways that you don't get to explore if you're not naked half the time. So, how are you getting on with the drawings there? <laughs> Looking good. Yeah, so you're filling your pages with uh, various drawings. Um, Do you need some more paper or turn it over? So, um, while you're having a little stretch, if anyone does want to try modelling, I have spare robes that are all clean.
0: How are you feeling about joining
5: it?
8: nervous yeah. Nervous. Yeah. I want to I well, challenged myself to but now I'm like mm. now you're here <laughs> <laughs> No, I would go
1: for it because it's yeah, on, only I'm an opportunity yes. yes. so
8: let's
3: be yeah. yeah. oh I regret what I want let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, uh, so there's more of you
7: yes yeah okay so now um, there's not going to um, be anyone left to draw <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll great. draw you I <laughs> feel so ready uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> I loved it. It was better than I thought it would be like I didn't think I would model but I did because everyone just made me feel like so relaxed and it was really nice to meet other um, sort of like like like-minded people like feminists but who are not necessarily the same age as me as well, a bit older. Body confidence normally is probably about a three or four out of ten. I really, I don't like my stomach or my boobs or just my whole body in general. I really hate being naked and never been naked around a lot of people like that before. If you told me this morning um, that I would have done this when I believed you like I was really nervous about what to wear today and about how I looked and even just yesterday I was trying to buy a Halloween costume and I remember I was in the changing room like nearly crying because I just felt like I looked really bad and everything and if you told me within 24 hours I'd be here like naked with a bunch of other women just like feeling really happy I wouldn't have believed it. So would you say it's improved
2: your body confidence?
7: Yeah, I feel all like a little buzz and, you know, I just feel really good and it's the kind of thing I've always wanted to do because I've always tried to improve my body confidence, followed, like, body positive accounts on social media and everything but never felt, like, brave enough myself to do it and I just thought, you know, I should just do it because everyone was so nice. And
2: And so, yeah, can you just explain the factors in what made you change your mind from not thinking you'd be able to do it to suddenly...
7: I guess I thought I wouldn't be able to do it cuz I felt as though I wasn't confident enough in my body and that I would just um maybe it wouldn't look the same as other people and other people would might like, be even not in a mean way would just be judging me but then I saw some other people model um and I just realized like you know everyone's body does look different. I know everyone says that but you don't realize it till you see lots of bodies together and then like in a non-sexual way just in it's almost like kind of like Maybe like loving, like positive sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I just saw everyone else, and I thought, like, they all look so happy and relaxed, and I feel so much better about myself just for seeing them. And like, I'm seeing, like, oh my god, other women have like stomachs as well. Like, and it's, I knew, I knew all of this, and I'd seen it on Instagram. A thousand times, like on Instagram, I block like um you know the really hot like bikini model kind of ads. I block them. I only follow body positive accounts, and even then, I still felt like low about myself. Yeah, and just seeing other women in real life naked. Yeah was like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. and I just knew that like, I really wanted to do it as soon as I saw that and I just changed my mind. Brilliant. Yeah. And
2: you think it will change going forward? How I you hope feel so. About yeah,
7: I hope I'll just like think back to the States, one of those moments, you know, when you're maybe doubting yourself a bit and you're like, but no, but remember, I did that and did this and it was fine. Mm-hmm. I'm Esther,
3: Esther Bunting, and I run Spirited Bodies, which is an event for people to try life modeling to feel differently about their bodies. Usually women, but sometimes mixed. Why did you set it up? Because as a life model, I realized I had something that a lot of people were in awe of and um, they wished they had the courage to try as well and while most people might not have the chance to just try being a life model I was able to create a setting where they could have a flavour of it for the for the beneficial side of it. Today it was quite impressive that out of a group of
2: how many did we have? Maybe 12 people? Yes. Um, everyone by the end of it had tried modelling. Pretty much. Modeling. Is that the normal result that you get?
3: It varies enormously mm-hmm. from place to place. It's actually better to, um, to have more people drawing because mm-hmm. one thing that can happen if you have too many models is they don't all get to see themselves in the drawing and that can be upsetting because then it's like the models are competing mm-hmm. to be drawn so it worked out perfectly today because everyone, no one was anxious I suppose mm-hmm. um, but yeah they, at WoW, I've done it several times at WoW in London there's always a high take up mm-hmm. like yeah i think women come in they weren't even thinking of it it's because it feels so safe in a place like wow it's like the whole day it's got them ready for this moment
2: (laughs) what um so do you feel quite strongly about body confidence what do you want people to take away from this kind of session
3: i think you gain a lot when you're more comfortable it's not the be all and end all in terms of confidence but if you can stop worrying about those things you can focus more on what's important
2: do you think then that we're often sort of too hooked up on what we look like to think about other things?
3: I think some people are. I think they waste enormous amounts of energy and time and money on that. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't be a priority. Um, and what's made you start life modeling? I'm also a performer and actors often make good models, so we enjoy being present and being watched. I like seeing the people have that moment where they've really surprised themselves and it's been a positive experience and it will actually change them maybe just a little bit or sometimes it could lead to a big change, but that feels, that is amazing.
2: So I know we've already got homework from Mary Meadows about receiving a compliment graciously, but I'd also love you to look up Spirited Bodies, which is Esther's class. I really recommend that. It was a really positive experience. The picture that was drawn of me will go on Instagram. I will probably write about it for thehotbedcollective.com, so have a read. And I bet there's life drawing classes happening wherever you are. And if not, set one up, because literally all you need is some paper, a pen, and to get your kit off. I mean, it's probably the cheapest form of... Activity and body confidence building that you can do. So.
4: All I know is that I got to save that file as Lisa naked, and that Comment. that will entertain me for ages. Just worth a lot of money. Yeah, file. Mm.
6: So well, it sounds like you just urinated into a cup.
4: <laughs> I'm just pouring myself a drink, people.
6: <laughs> the pineapple juice. Otherwise, they think we're boozing. It's pineapple juice and there's
2: some breastfeeding going on. Basically, and there's, there's a, all awesome kinds of some refreshment kombucha happening kombucha in the background.
4: We've also got kombucha, and we've got a breadsticks and hummus. If, if so. anyone
6: makes kombucha and wants to sponsor us, uh, <laughs> we're really into kombucha, <laughs> kombucha which you can't say normally <laughs> ever. And Purdy's as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Purdy's.
2: Purdy's,
4: please sponsor us.
2: Purdy's. Now, apart from all of the gratuitous snack references, it wouldn't be a hot bed podcast without throwing to our live show and to. I think this is a bit of light relief from Body Confidence. We are going to be talking about vibrators, specifically the three of us review two different vibrators, um, which we will explain all about at the beginning of the show. Um, The thing about vibrators, they take the focus away from body image, and it's all just about pleasure. That is, unless you dress up in sexy underwear while you use your vibrator.
4: Always. I know you do, Anarchy. I
6: do. I like to get the retro, the red, itchy... Spangly underwear <laughs> With very very tiny and itchy mm-hmm. And then I get going Do you yeah,
4: buy you yourself know. flowers and play Barry White <laughs> I
6: do well, no, Before I like you masturbate
4: the... Mr. Lava Lava
6: <laughs> you... Go on, but I'm you're supposed to join it's it's in your, your favourite song
4: Mr. <laughs> Bombastic <laughs> Fanta- thought, You don't know the words I thought the
6: words were Give me tasty. Okay. Your Was homework th- is
2: to learn the
3: words of <laughs> Yeah, Mr. we are <laughs>
6: So it's like the posh wank for men is
2: where they, like, wear a condom for a wank. I mean, it's not an actual no, thing. It's like Why do they thing. do that? No, it's Strange. a weird thing. It's just made up. It's just a joke. And the posh wank for women is, like, sexy Plenty. underwear and vibrators. And actually, we're not Can judging I might try that. that. Yeah, we're not judging it. It's probably a good idea. And if you need help with the masturbation, here is a review of two different types of vibrator.
6: We love doing reviews of vibrators, and um, actually today we've got two different ones that we're going to be talking about. Um, One of them I would describe as futuristic, and that's the Crescendo Mystery Vibe, uh, which is very, very high-tech. It has lots of different features, so basically you can bend it into different positions, so (laughs) it's actually very adaptable to your body. Um, the other thing which I thought was very interesting about this vibrator is that your partner can control it remotely, so actually, if you have an app, you can actually have your partner could be some in another country on a business trip, and they could be controlling the vibrator from uh, all that other side of the ocean so it 's quite interesting. This is definitely you know you 're sort of quite standard I that right and it 's called the the So Divine, Ooh La La, which has got a lovely name, Ooh La La. So we're going to be talking about these two vibrators. Um, and this is one of the great things about being part of the Hotbed Collective is that we do get quite a lot of vibrators said to us, don't we? So it's, it's a real perk of the job. Real and we perk. are
4: a bit like, we're a bit like um, Goldilocks um, in that we all like different things.
6: Um, I have a very small vagina. <laughs> Lisa has a medium vagina, and I think that Cherry has quite Huge, a large vagina. But massive. she won't mind me saying that. It's
4: not massive. But in
6: fact, <laughs> Dr. Bucket. Karen would say that isn't true because all of our vaginas are a similar size. So I, I take it back.
4: But it's Anarchy, more about Anarchy's quite sensitive. Lisa's kind of in the middle, and I'm basically an animal.
2: <laughs> so you need a different vibrator for different sensitivity. And uh, this is what we've concluded, isn't it? That there's not one-size-fits-all. It's about experimenting and finding a great one for you. So
4: the, the, uh, the mystery vibe, I thought, was absolutely beautiful. Packaging, the branding was gorgeous. I like that it was a bit tech, that it came with an app. You could do lots of things with it. But I just felt like the, um, it wasn't strong enough. Um, I was like, I ain't got all day. Do you know what I mean? I got shit to do. So I didn't love it on that front, but I really like. I I did not like the branding of the la mm. and I, do you know what I mean? And the and the like flowery thing. It's pink, and it just it did not. It did not. I did not take to it. But then I turned it on, <laughs> and it's got some power. So it it was a really uh, it was a really mixed uh, a mixed bag for me.
6: Um, and funnily enough, I. Uh, I couldn't even get the Crescendo mystery vibe to work. Um, And I think part of that is because I am uh, not a digital native, so I don't understand technology. And so one of the first instructions was that you needed to plug it into your laptop and download an app. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to switch it on because I've only got five minutes to use it. So...
4: Were well, you doing a danger wank?
6: Yeah, okay. I was doing I was doing the pepper Pig one very quickly. <laughs> so I like the ooh-la-la because I like the 90s, I like Sex and the City, and I know how to use it. I just turn it on and off it goes. I don't want to have 16 different functions on it. I just want to switch it on, and it works, and that's me. Done.
2: I'd say the ooh-la-la is a bit of a ninja, isn't it? It's, a nin- it's, it's in disguise. It looks like a pretty pink flower, but actually it does the business like the Mitchell Brothers. I mean, it, it just gets
4: down to the job. No, okay. Uh, no, that's not okay, Lisa.
2: I mean, not no, in I a sexual like way, as in just give it a job, it'll do it. It'll do it. It, even though it, it definitely works. It's very delicate, like a flower. It's like you, it's efficient and it gets shit done. Yes, and Thank bold. you. Yeah. Um, so the, the Crescendo mystery vibes, I'm not a technophobe. I'm not a digital native either. I'm whatever's in between. But I think we are all agreed that one of the sexiest things in the world is a software update. Right, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened with this vibrator. So I got it all charged up. I downloaded the app. I was absolutely happy with that. And the first thing it told me was, "Your hardware needs updating." So I had. To I ha- am so turned on. I don't even know what to do. So a little swirly thing appeared on my screen, and it went oh, very no. slowly through one, two, three, four, five percent. So I thought, "Oh well, I'm I'm going to go on Instagram," and that stopped the update. So I had to start from the beginning again. And, um, and then, because it was another danger wank, uh, my partner was coming upstairs, so <laughs> I had to hide it under the bed, not that he would have minded, but you know, it's all, in, it's all just hotbed <laughs> homework, there's so much of it, I have to do it every day. I then put it on to, to, to software update overnight, thinking, okay, I'll try it in the morning, and it, I plugged it in and it said, software update needed! And I no, thought, it's no, no, not no. what you want. You need to just go and get your results. And that's sort of, if I was wanted a delayed orgasm, I'd do tantric, not software. But I have to say, once it started working, it was great. And the app is beautiful, and the object is beautiful. And it's kind of cool. Like, all the different programs that it comes with, it sort of moves and vibrates in different ways, so it gets lots of different areas. And I think it's quite fun that a partner can kind of operate it, because otherwise vibrators are... If you want to introduce vibrators into the bedroom, it's a bit like, well, you just make yourself a sandwich and I'll play with this vibrator. Whereas with this one, your partner can actually use the app to control it. Can I do a? a, Can I do a a
4: non-planned straw
8: poll?
2: Yes. Yes.
4: Does anybody? Can you blow your whistle if you comfortably, happily use sex toys with your partner? Okay, okay. Can you blow your party popper if you'd like to, but it's a bit awkward because you think it might threaten them?
6: I haven't
8: got one, yeah.
4: Because it can be be difficult if you really want to introduce them because you know it's going to be amazing for you. But you think, well, are they going to think that I'm criticising them or what do you do about that? That's different. That's one of the things that we'll do on the Hotbed website, a script for if you want to introduce sex toys but worry that they'll feel bad. Mm.
6: And I think maybe we should go to Dr. Karen just because there's an interesting thing that we learned, which I think we touched on before, which is that actually, why are they all this shape of the penis? Because we don't all want the penis. So I think, Dr. Karen, you're going to talk a little bit about why do we want a penis-shaped dildo?
8: Well, I think we probably... Can you hear me? I think we probably don't. I think that's the thing. I think that because we know it's all about the clitoris for women, part of the problem with desire in relationships is that when sex becomes all about penetration, women lose desire because it's not really doing it for them unless there's additional clitoral stimulation somehow. So I think finding a way to bring that in, which could be sex toys, it could be... Oral sex. It could be just using fingers more. Just like banishing penetration from time to time is the key. You've got to mix it up. Hashtag mix it up.
2: I have a question for you. So all the health benefits of sex, so such as osteoporosis and looking younger and living longer, do they apply to masturbation as well as uh, sex? Is it just sort the of orgasm? Yes.
8: yes. There you go. <laughs> yes it does and there's additional benefits of masturbation which is that wow part of the kind of whole getting sexy with yourself masturbating coming produces a surge in estrogen and testosterone so the sex hormone so it increases your desire temporarily for a day or two afterwards so masturbation is also good for your sex drive but can i say one more thing about masturbation uh, of course you yes can. go ahead I think one of the reasons why, you know, we know that women masturbate less often than men and feel less comfortable about it is partly because women, as we're growing up, we we can't see our clitoris, obviously. So women kind of stumble upon masturbation accidentally. A lot of women tell me that they learn to masturbate kind of rubbing themselves with a soft toy or lying on their bed in a particular way. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't really have the words for it. And I think partly all of us that have daughters or are women ourselves I think there's something we have to say about teaching women the right words for their genitalia so that they know what they're talking about so that they can learn how to give themselves pleasure
6: it's a really good point isn't it
8: yeah because
2: I was going to say this earlier is that um I didn't learn about the clitoris at school, I learned about procreation and that was basically it and the first I heard of a clitoris was in Ellen DeGeneres stand-up comedy thing where she was talking about if you say the word clitoris long enough and stick your tongue out you can kind of make someone come that way (laughs) and I was like what is this thing you are talking about? But otherwise I didn't know. So you find out about it late and then you realize we've got just this little thing which is just solely dedicated to our pleasure. Let's give it up mm. for the clitoris.
8: Yes. How yeah. oh, is that? Yes, it's a feminist issue.
2: So someone told me after the show that the bit where we went, let's give it up for the clay, was their favourite bit of the entire show. So I think maybe at all of our shows going forward, we should just do that because it just makes everyone really happy. And I think naming genitalia is a feminist issue, like Dr. Karen said. I believe that very much. Hmm. Um, it's a vulva, people. If I don't not a like liner. that word, that's my problem. Is that I think we just have to get over evolving. it and just call it a vulva. And if we all just go for it, then it's going to sound less weird and less... Um, sort of biology textbook. We have to evolve her. Evolve <laughs> that vulva, or we'll get a revolver. <laughs> anyway, more on naming genitalia in a later episode. It's such a hotbed, all of this, which is why we're called the Hotbed Collective and why this podcast is called the Hotbird. Speaking of which, join us next week for episode five Can Feminist Porn Give You the Horn?
6: Mr. Lava Lava.
0: Mm.
4: So, uh, how was that for you? If you enjoyed it as much as we did, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to The Hotbed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen. Each one makes a massive difference.